you know, something else to consider. This I, I actually had to look this one up because okay. I'm thinking one day, what about workers' comp? So let's Interesting. say, let's say oh. you're my employee and you're you're, yeah. you're on my clock, but you're at your home and tumble down the stairs. And you tumble down the stairs. Am I on the hook? Massage therapy is used by millions of people who want to feel better and live better. Get back to doing what you love. Visit AYAMassageCDA.com to schedule your appointment. Abandon your aches massage. Relief. Relax. Refresh. Coronavirus. Nationwide protests. And finding local talent are all reasons why you might have implemented a telecommunicating strategy for your business. The question is, is this approach helping or hurting? In today's episode, Ed and Phil will discuss different business scenarios and the impact of working from home might have. We'll also explore the potential opportunities for those who might be struggling with the whole idea. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with the cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Happy Tuesday, everybody. My name is Ed, and with me is my podcast partner and dear friend, Phil. Phil, how are you doing this fine Tuesday? And did you know on this day, June 30th, 1953, the very first Corvette rolled off the manufacturing line? Is that right? Really? It is. is. Uh, Very first first one. Okay, so you have a number of questions for me to answer right off the bat. So I'm going to tell you, no, I did not know that. Number two, doing great. Last week, uh, last week I had such a great week. And do you, this is the last freaking day of June. It just, like June just started, right? I know. Where, where'd the year go? It, 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 I, we are actually, that's right. We are officially six months into 2020. And boy, I don't think anybody could have expected uh, 2020 turning out so far the way it has um, but last week was great. The sun is finally shining. I'm super happy. I'm no longer president of my Rotary Club. So yeah, I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. But but now that you've finished a year as president of your Rotary Club, is there any words of wisdom that you might share with your experience and our listeners? So my the wisdoms I would share if you are if you are a Rotarian and don't want to be president, don't miss any meetings. (laughs) So that's my word of wisdom. Now, if you do want to be uh, president, miss a couple of meetings and you will get your wish. Uh, It's a lot of work. It's really, really rewarding, but it's a lot of work. And frankly, I went into this. uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a leader, but I don't lead in a formal way. I lead kind of by actions and doing and and that sort of thing. Uh, This pushed me outside my comfort zone to be a leader, a community leader within a very formal setting. And although our club is a little less formal than many Rotary clubs, uh, it really pushed my boundaries 
in uh, developing this club. You know, we did a mission statement. We put together uh, the bylaws for our group. We also uh, had a, a, a logo created. So it was actually a very good year that way. But it's a lot of work, Ed. I did, think you should try it. Didn't you also <laughs> start a university? Well, in, in a sense, yes. So there's another Rotary Club in our in our area that has, it's a great idea, the University of Lake Coeur d'Alene. And there is no University of Lake Coeur d'Alene, but they say their campus is the, the city and the lake. It's really quite uh, ingenious, and there's, it's a fundraiser for them. And yeah, so I helped them get that started and stuff, and they're doing really well. Well, I think you're one heck of a good leader, and and good for you for doing it. When I when I joined Rotary, of course, they wanted me to look at getting on the board and and go down that path, and I was like, no, 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 thanks. <laughs> so some people just aren't um, aren't as intelligent as you are, and you knew you knew a mile away what they were trying to do. And like, yeah, time out. I'll uh, nope. I'll well, tell I you wish what. We'll, I wish I could say it was smarts that that taught me that. No, it was it was it was past lessons. I. Uh, I had trouble saying no before, you know, for 25 years serving in one capacity or or another, either an officer or committee chairman or some form of leadership in local, national, and international event, uh, uh, nonprofit organizations. And uh, it's just thankless. (laughs) Well, and I, and, and so we've talked about this before in the past and we'll touch on it again in the future. Being able to say no is actually a, a, a skill. And I'm not, we're not, either of us are not advocating saying no to everything all the time. That's not what we're saying. But you, you say no to those things that, that will not in the long run, uh, serve you, your company, your customers well. And so right. you just have to pick and choose those things. You know how I learned how to say no? No. How? My wife. <laughs> she's a great mentor isn't she you know all women for that matter i mean if, if you really want to learn how to say no the correct way all you have to do is you know ask your wife girlfriend significant other whatever don't don't ask both the wife and girlfriend at the same time probably but, not wise not wise but you know just ask them something you know they're going to say no to and boom there you go well frankly ed i don't give a damn Right, there you go. Oh, by the way, Gone of the Wind also was re- released on this day in 1936, just that, to let you know. Just, uh, yeah, that, well, you know, also 1994, on this day, very, very special day, Tanya Harding had was stripped of her 1994 figure skating championship title and banned from the organization for life. And she probably still uh, has, uh, it, she'll talk about it if you ask her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never watched that movie, her latest one out. I just, I, I have no interest. It, again, it goes back to the negativity, and we have enough. We have enough negativity right now in our society. I don't need to go look for more. In fact, I so. saw a post from you about that, and I think, uh, I think that's a future episode in the works. There, we just need to oh stay away from it, the negativity. Yeah, is this the one from Serena Williams? It is not yeah. the tennis player, but the other Serena the other, Williams. Yeah, the other one. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we we should do that. I, I absolutely agree with that. Well, but as we move forward, yeah. Well, you and I already work from home. I started Zenith Exhibits back on January seventh of two thousand seven, and I designed my business right from the get go around working from home and <laughs> never hiring employees or renting an office. How about you? Okay, so um, 1989 was really the first the first day I started working from home. 
and it was the the cleaning company. And uh, I did have employees. Um, my my whole idea was to to pay these employees a little bit more than minimum wage, so that they didn't ever feel like they're getting screwed, or I was trying to jip them, and that they would want to do a really good, excuse me a really good job by because they're getting paid a little bit more. It was a cleaning company. I still had a job. Uh, before then, but 1989, I actually quit my full-time job and went uh, and worked for myself. Pretty much haven't looked back from from that point. But once I sold the cleaning company, at that point, I don't think I've ever had an employee. And I, I you and I both agree about this. We don't miss that having employees really is a it's a great business model because you extend uh, uh, what you can do as a company. But man, it just there are so many hoops to jump through these days and you just have to weigh it, right? You just have to weigh it. Are you willing to do that? And if not, then you have to now be super efficient with your time uh, to, to, to make things work. Well, I mean, for, for those of you listening, I mean, we're, let's talk just a little bit about advantages of working from home as a sole proprietor. Now, I go back far enough in business and Phil, I know you do too as well where the idea of working out of your home was actually kind of taboo. It was kind of frowned upon. The idea that, yeah. oh, you work from home, oh, you must not really have a business. You know, you weren't you really, not a really business. have a job. That's right. You know, and if we go back and we, if we remember, boy, this was like episode 13 or so, when you talked about my fishing guide friend, Ken. Mm, yeah. And, and he rented an office and he leased a phone system and, and all of, and he's a fishing guide. I mean, this is the adage that we had coming out of our generation where you're not in business if you don't have a building to rent and employees in, in the facility. But, you know, the advantages of working from home, we just eliminate tons and tons of expenses. We and eliminate the commute. Challenges. There's, yeah. n- there's no commute. There's no, I mean, in my case, I don't even have a house payment. You know, we paid off the house. Right. So... The advantage that that has given me over all of my competitors is just immeasurable. I can't tell you the number of friends who went into the web business. Actually, they were inspired by me. It's like, well, if this guy can do it, I sure <laughs> And And they go into business and they, they give it a go for two or three years. And, you know, I touch base with them a few years later. And he, how's, how's business going? Oh, yeah, I had to take a job. Yeah. Because well, they didn't control their expenses, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I was going to mention there there are those obvious uh, things to consider, right? It's kind of like these days you can get an education without going to college too. Uh, there are some things you still want to go to college, you know, an attorney, a doctor, things like that. But there are less and less reasons to go to college because you can learn so much and for much more affordable online. And so uh, same thing with working from home versus opening an office. Now, we're not talking brick and mortar stores. Retail is retail. Uh, you may set up some online business and, and delivery and curbside now, which is really popular. But uh, when you're talking working from home in most any business, you know. Well, ex- yeah, let's look at yeah. Grub, Grubhub. And okay. what's, what's that other uh, food delivery? Um, well, I mean, yeah, Uber, so, Eats. Uber Eats, Grubhub, and uh, I'll look it up my phone while you're, while you're talking about it. Well, you know, these are services 
that they wouldn't exist without the internet. But here's a restaurateur who's not going to incur the expense of bringing in delivery drivers. And here's a delivery driver who's not going to incur the expense of starting a restaurant. So it, this is a match made in heaven. Why can't there be retail delivery? I mean, we have shopping services now. You, right. you know, I can, I can call it or get on an app or visit a website or call a gal, give her my list at Costco. She'll go to Costco. She'll buy the stuff and deliver it to the house. Right. I, I think we're getting to the point where the gig economy, the working from home idea is, is really going to capture. And even those businesses where we said, yeah, well, you, you kind of have to have a retail establishment. Yeah, I don't think so. Or even if you do, it, it doesn't have to be nearly as big as what it used to be. No, no. And DoorDash is the other one. DoorDash. But, uh, yeah. So you're, you're exactly right. But there, there's a mentality from working from home, isn't there? There is. There is a mentality about working from home. The idea that uh, you don't have the extra resources, some, some disadvantages. You know, mm-hmm. how do you separate your home and work life? I can't tell you the number of times I've been talking with a client and they've got other contractors and they're working from home and they lost that contractor because the guy's getting a divorce or, you know, the, the kids are, are now having to go to a different school because they got expelled. You're separating the home life from the work life. If you're working at right. home, that's pretty hard to do. Fortunately, I don't have kids at home. My, my wife, she goes to her room and knits. So it's pretty you know, easy a couple for kids. us. To, to work in the same household. Plus, I start at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The whole world's still asleep then. But except for the West, uh, East Coast, they're up and ready to go. That's right. Well, and that's why I get up so early. Most of my clients for the trade show are back East. You know, and then another disadvantage is meeting clients. I have to meet folks in a coffee shop. I have to meet them in a public space. Although I have done meetings in my home. But great story. One day, the phone rang. I'm working in my office. And uh, the voice on the other end says, is this Zenith Exhibits? Yeah, yeah, this is Ed with Zenith Exhibits. Um, <laughs> do, do you work out of your home? And I look out the window. Do you drive a black Mercedes? <laughs> he says, yes. <laughs> well, come on in. So I saw your address and I figured it was an office. Yeah, no, it's my home. Come on in. I've got room in the living room. So uh, there, there are those awkward moments, but I, I sold that guy a heck of a trade show display. You know, yeah, some, it, some yeah. homeowners associations, they limit your ability to run a business. Like, for instance, I can run my web business out of my home, but my HOA will not let me you know, put, on a, put in an auto shop. I can't fix cars in my yard. There's certain business types that you just can't do by certain CCNRs. And I think that the city would call that a commercial uh, shop anyway, and there are limit within the codes of that as well right absolutely yeah yeah so i i completely agree about that you don't want to have a you know six cars that are being worked on out in someone's front yard you get that enough uh without hoas so well and then there's also business expansion if you need to hire employees working out of your home kind of makes that process a little bit difficult employees bring up another crop of challenges across the board Absolutely. Absolutely. Right now, we're going to take a moment to acknowledge our sponsor. At F1 for Help, we have made it very convenient for our customers for the last 20 years. We have a storefront for our walk-in clients and for problems that can only be resolved at your residence or place of business, we will come to you. 
And as long as your internet connection is working reasonably fast, and with your permission, we have remote control utilities that allow us to connect to your computer and work on it from our office. Sometimes a quick peek is all it takes to get you and your computer back up and running. For more information or to get started, visit our website at www.f1forhelp.net or give us a call at 208-687-0183. That's 208-687-0183. At F1 for Help, we are fond of saying, we clean windows, but we're not janitors. So welcome back. Before the break, you know, we were talking about the advantages and disadvantages of working from home. And both Phil and I readily admit right up front, neither one of us have employees. My business model, I'm never going to have employees. doesn't mean that I've never worked with employees. And in today's marketplace, in a COVID-19 world, you're probably sending your employees home. They're working from home. So what about if you have employees now and you're trying to manage them while they work from home? What sort of advantages and disadvantages do you see? Phil? Well, there is the advantage of not having uh, the conflicts from personality conflicts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So there's the advantage of not having that. But I would also say there's the disadvantage of not having the interaction and the relationship type bonding within the culture of a business. So I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it goes both ways. But for sure, we all, look, the bigger, the more employees you have working in the same space, the more potential you're going to have for disagreements and, uh, conflicts, personality conflicts, and all of that drama that comes with having employees under the same roof. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you're right. Having employees around, you, I remember in the corporate environment, we're there in cubicle row, you know, there's 150 people, mix of engineers and secretaries and people of all different skill levels, all intermixed in together. And, you know, people make noises and have habits and it just bugs somebody. Uh, you know, I happened to, when I worked at Texas Instruments, I, I was the drafter. I started as a drafter. So I had the Diazo copier. And I don't know if you've ever been in a room with a Diazo copier, but it stinks. It's an ammonia-based transfer uh-huh. process. And so nobody can really be in the office while I'm running the Diazo copier. And I, when I would do a batch, I, I might be making five or 600 copies right. running them through the machine. So people just hated me. So, Here comes Ed. Time to leave the room. Yeah, well, you know, he's turning on the Diazo, warming it up. Give me a few minutes. Let me finish so I can leave. <laughs> well, people yeah. say that about me when I enter a room, but for different reasons. So. Or, you know, me right after a big meal. Um, <laughs> you know, it's fun. Pull my finger. Um, Chili. <laughs> but you lose that synergy. You lose that, that group think. You put multiple people together and you get a really great team. And all of a sudden now ideas can multiply. But That's right. From your experience, can't you get that with Zoom? Yeah, so I've had a lot of uh, conversation about this uh, recently, as we probably all have. Uh, in fact, I had one just last night with somebody. Uh, the The model of business is really evolving. When we get out of this whole COVID thing, 
many bigger companies that have multiple offices around the nation and the world, they are actually scaling way back. My daughter at Slack hasn't been in office for three months now, and they have been told probably not till the end of the year, as with Google and everything. So they moved out of the city in San Francisco to save their rent, right? But now she, if she chooses that style, she will actually have to get uh, less, 25% less of her pay because she's getting paid more, okay? So they're, all of this stuff is changing and evolving. And so I, I believe that we are going to see some long-term changes within this idea of having to have an office, right? And through Zoom, you can't get some of the things you can get in person. I, we've all heard the people that go to Zoom now and have a loop. That's not even them. It's a loop. So you're not even seeing the true body language. So we lose a lot. And those are the cheaters. And you're going to have those people cheating the system regardless. But there are just some nuances that you are not going to get through a Zoom meeting. Now, the efficiency is the other thing. There's, you know, you don't have to worry about getting people to show up in a space at the same time. Now, it's just in front of their computer. You can make time for that much, much easier. So, again, I, I don't know if there's a clear-cut answer to this. I think it depends on the business. You know, I go back a long ways in uh, distributed team development. You know, going back to the early 90s, this was before we had computing power. I mean, we're still using dial-up modems at that time. But we had team members that were scattered all across the world. Of course, then we just used teleconferencing, and we got a lot done. Um, Again, I can't mention their names, but some big corporations that are still in operation today mm-hmm. uh, got their original code by teams who never set foot in the same room together. And I right. know that is still true today. Now with the technology, being able to use Zoom, being able to see at least eyeball to eyeball, right. you, you can uh, you know, get some feel. But I have several friends in the programming field where they've never met the other people on their team. Is that right? You know, something else to consider. This, I, I actually had to look this one up because okay. I was thinking one day, what about workers' comp? So Interesting. Let's say, let's oh. say you're my employee and you're, yeah. you're, you're on my clock, but you're at your home. And you stumble and, down the stairs. And you tumble down the stairs. Am <laughs> I on the hook? Actually, I am. That's amazing. Workers' comp claims still apply. I wow. haven't heard this mentioned anywhere. I mean, I, I looked at the journal. I looked at the Times, Inc., Entrepreneur. I looked everywhere for a discussion about workers' comp as it pertains to employees working from home. I, I think this is a shoe that's going to drop at some point. Oh, you think so? You just had a whole lot of employees that are listening to this. Oh. They're like, yes. And you've got a whole lot of business owners that are listening to this and saying, Ed, you son of a bitch. Well, because you know, this is come an up. issue. It is. Yeah, well, you're right. And this is what Business Buffet is about. So if you've got employees working from home, you need to call your attorney. You need to find out what is your exposure. What do you need to do? in order to make sure that anything trips and falls in your home. I mean, there's got to be some form of transfer of liability. You would think, right? There's, I mean, I don't have control over your home if you're my employee. No, no. I can't come in and even inspect your home and say, oh, that that carpet needs to be taped down. 
But if you're requiring an employee because of this situation to work from home, there now you're not giving them a choice, right? I, it's a very interesting uh, situation. I agree with you. I hadn't thought about this. And uh, again, I'm glad I have no employees that are working from home. Well, you know, there's a few businesses where you obviously can't telecommute. Um, right. You know, things, uh, computer repair. I mean, if your computer breaks, I got to go to your place of business and fix it. Right. I can't right. just, uh, well, there's a lot of stuff we can do over the phone. If sure. there's a hardware issue, we've got to go in person. Plumbers. Exactly. Can't really do that virtual plumbing session. You know, let's stick the camera down the toilet and see what it is. No, that's, uh, that's what caused the problem in the first place. <laughs> Auto repair, of course. I mean, I got to take my sh- car to the shop. In fact, Kay just scheduled with Silver Lake Automotive. We're going to take the Toyota in for its checkup. Um, manufacturing. You know, some manufacturing, if it requires machinery, I'm not going to send that home with my employees. Right. You're talking all businesses that deal with physical entities, right? Pretty much. They're actually physical entities. By the way, note to everyone listening, don't bring your phone into the bathroom when you're using the bathroom. Really? Well, I'm just saying this is how these things happen. But what if the phone rings? What do you do? <laughs> Don't flush it down the toilet. <laughs> you know, types Everything, of businesses yeah. that should consider telecommuting. Web developers and social media experts, right? You, know, you shouldn't have an office, in my humble opinion. Uh, software developers. You know, again, going back to my programming days in the early 90s. Now, don't hire them and put them in an office. That's just a waste of square footage. Psychologists. Is. This is an interesting one. Let's talk about this. I, okay. I put this on the list, but I did so almost in jest and thought, well, maybe. You know, I had a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Every quarter, I have to go in and get my ICD uh, checked. ICD is uh, intracardial uh, pacemaker. A mm-hmm. defibrillator. It's a, He's a tapping pace- his chest right now for those of you who yeah. don't know. Yep. Um, so they have to interrogate my pacemaker to right. see if there have been any alerts or issues or something like that. And I kind of thought that this was one of those things where I have to go to the doctor in order to have it checked out. No. But lo and behold, I don't. Technology. I have, this, I have yeah. this thing here at the house that I thought was just for emergencies. I thought all it did was send an alert to the hospital in case something happens. Well, that's one of the things it does. But actually, it takes everything and it dumps them, dumps it down to them. So my last pacemaker checkup last month was via the telephone. And and I was asking her, I said, so how much can you not see? Because I know how much she can see when I'm sitting there in the office. She runs this one little test. This is going to kind of sound a little weird. By American Heart Association standards, if your heart rate drops to 40 beats or below, you're supposed to start CPR. That's the point where CPR is supposed to commence. Well, when your heart doesn't have the electricity signaling to make the the beat happen, Mm -hmm. you have to have the pacemaker that kicks in, and my, my heart beats a nice steady 60, 62 beats a minute. But there's this test that she has to run every single time to check the impedance of the wires to make sure those wires that go inside the heart haven't rattled loose. Right. So what they do is they they take my heart rate and they purposely drop it down to 40 beats a minute. Isn't that fun? 
And she says, okay, this is going to feel kind of weird, and I can see her pushing the button. And she pushes the button, and it's like, I all, know. Of, all, all of the energy drains. And, and then she's just, it's kind of like holding my breath, and then she pushes the button, comes right back up. You're like, don't ever do that again. Well, but wait, it gets better. Because then she has to take it down to 30 beats. Oh, minute. my gosh. So she says, okay, here we go. We're going to do the next test. And now I can see the spot. Yeah. The, the black on the corners of my eyes are coming in, and it's this big round dot, and I'm kind of slouching in the chair. Is there a big, a big bright light uh, that's coming towards you? Yeah, well, I, I don't see the light because then she pushes the button, boom, it pops right back on. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, how does she do the impedance test? And she says, well, yeah, your machine does it all by itself. Wait a minute. You mean it's doing that to me when I'm sleeping? Oh, she wow. S- she says, yep. Okay, there's something to be said. I sure hope Microsoft didn't create the software. Yeah, <laughs> touche, right? And again, we know that now Microsoft will never be a sponsor to the show. That's right, that's right. Now, I mean, when I, they're I, doing this interrogation, do they put a big light and, and say, have you broken down any times? Are you working okay? <laughs> no, No, but they did have to update the software once. They did have to flash the firmware, and then the device has to reboot. Well, that just stops altogether. My heart doesn't really beat, but maybe 30 beats a minute all by itself. So, Well, so that, this whole thing is brought up because there are still, in our mind, we think you could never, ever have a medical uh, business, right, and a health business th- that you can do tele- uh, you know, like remotely. But lo and behold, but, yeah. So it's amazing. I think a psychologist. I think you could. I think yeah. you could have a psychologist appointment. Tax accountants, okay, but you got to you got to bring in your receipts. So I I think you got to do that. Business who struggle to control expenses. Now I, I put that one down on the list, and I figured it would kind of cause a stir. You know, if you already struggle to control your expenses, mm-hmm. do not try to start your business at home. It's just going to fail. Uh, in well, fact, find somebody to go into business with who can control the expenses because you got more the, problems. Yeah, listen to the episode we did last week, which is about partnerships in business, right? Exactly, exactly. So uh, what you say about that, though, is interesting. Businesses that struggle to control expenses are probably uh, the personality of that business owner is someone who struggles to be organized. That's right, that's right. Okay, and so those are things that fall into it. And if you're not organized and you're working from home, the distractions will be the bane of your business existence. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, personally, even though I started my business with the intention of working from home, I miss the interaction with people in the office. Running your business from home means you have to rethink how you deliver your products and services. It impacts how you develop employees and long-term power players in the corporate structure, Even workers' comp and business insurance considerations come into play. Social distancing may be a recipe for success in limiting the spread of a viral pandemic, but I think the jury is still out as to whether it is a good long-term business strategy. So, Phil, you got a quote of the day for us? I do on this June 30th, the last day of June, on this World Social Media Day, I do. Change is inevitable. Except from a vending machine, from Robert Gallagher. (laughs) Well, that is it for us today. 
Thank you for listening. And remember to eat hearty in business. Is social media driving you crazy with all the changes? Learn from over 20 speakers at Social Media Summit Coeur d'Alene as they present their social media expertise at the Croc Center in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, September 21st to the 23rd. For more information or to reserve your seat today, visit smwcda.com. Now in its third year, Social Media Summit Coeur d'Alene and the Social Media Summit Inner Circle, helping you untangle the web of social media marketing. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.